1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Wrap Up Live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post game show and podcast where we recap and we talk about the latest Raptors game we all just watched. And tonight, that happened to be the Sacramento Kings. I'm your host, Sahal Abdi. I'm here with my two co-hosts, Oren Weisfeld, Aiden Moss. We're back, baby. We got the whole crew here tonight, which is nice. Um, and yeah, this is a great game because your Raptors won, which sounds pretty odd this season. You don't get them often, but when you do, you celebrate. Um, your Raptors defeated the Sacramento Kings 113-95. That brings the Raptors record to 21-27 and 27 on the NBA season. And... Um, where are we at, guys? Where are we at? I guess, uh, Aiden, I'll start with you. Um, I'm sure we all watched the full game. It was a 10 p.m.er, which is unfortunate for us, uh, East Coast uh, men and myself and Oren.
2: Thing is, you're uh, not even on the even, East Coast. Imagine if even, you actually were, then it'd be a really late I, game.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, I just wanted to troll you a little bit, Aiden. Aiden's further down the East Coast, so he was really
2: yeah, struggling for this one. Um, what
0: time is it in like the East Coast of Canada right now?
2: Well, Newfoundland, it's an hour and a half ahead, so you're looking at uh, okay, so, 1.30, so, 1.45. That's tough. But yeah. over here on the West Coast, it's a nice 9 p.m.
1: That was the Perfect first game time.
2: in a long time where I feel like I didn't either yell at the TV in complete like frustration slash confusion or feel sweat running down the the sides of my body in anticipation of this game collapsing. Mm. Um, so that was refreshing. Um, I will I will say that this is the Sacramento Kings we're talking about. And it's very encouraging to see that we held them to 95 because these guys can pour buckets on. But number one 18, offense in the
0: league. What's that? Saying, number one
2: offense in the league. That's right. So there is something to be said for that, and we can get into the defense but the 118 is, like, it is what it is against, against Sacramento.
0: 113,
1: yeah.
2: 113. I can't read.
1: Oren, yeah. uh, what did you what did you like about this game? 18-point win for the Raptors. What did you
0: think? Well, I was going to say, unlike Aiden, I was angry at, at points during this game. <laughs> because, why? Because the Raptors pissed me off. It's like you play like this every three months, and it's like, why can't you play like this a little bit more often? Uh, it's just like this is kind of what we expected the team to look like coming into the season, and we just haven't seen it at all. So when they do it, when they have this defensive performance like this where they literally look unstoppable, they had one against the Spurs this season too early in the season. I felt a very similar way during that game where it's just like, oh, this team is completely overwhelmed with the Raptors' size. The Raptors are, are moving the ball really well on offense. Um, doing a lot of good things, and it's just, like, so frustrating for me because I'm like, why can't you guys do this a little bit more often? Um, Yeah, like, you have the talent, too. It's pretty clear when you do it in in these games against, again, the number one offense in the league in the Kings.
1: Yeah, strangely enough, this is a game where the Raptors only went eight deep. Um, You guys could see Mm -hmm. it on the box score, but if you're listening to our podcast, the three players that came off the bench – Uh, Tonight were Chris Boucher, Juan Hernan Gomez, and Precious Achua. Um, Two of those three players, uh, I believe, had scored over 15 points. Precious uh, and Chris Boucher were extremely, extremely efficient off the bench. They combined to go, here we go with the quick math, 16 for 23 in this game. I don't know exactly what that percentage is, but I would assume it's somewhere in the 60 to 70 range. Um, Yeah, it was incredible to watch not just the starters actually share the ball, um, especially late in the game you know I tweeted out and I did this yeah. I did this as a joke and it was one of those things where it was like I win either way because either I'm right or the Raptors win so like I win I win either way and what I tweeted out was that here this is about five or six minutes left in the game I tweeted out here comes. The point in the game where the Raptors forget how to share the basketball, something along those lines. I don't remember my exact tweet.
0: Don't um, worry, I'll pull and, it and up. The, pull and it and up. the
1: shot quality just drops drastically. I mean, we've seen that all season long for the Raptors. Uh, Why don't, don't, mind, don't mind the picture. What does he have to was do? It, yeah. What's it <laughs> it was just. It was just the mood that I, that I felt like I was in. Time for the Raptors to deliberately drop their shot quality to such a standard. I don't know if you should have put this on.
2: Uh, Live, just it's a, a, okay. That's a, a classic Sahal tweet. Like it's yeah, so. It's, okay. it's a, a long, long, long sentence. I don't really follow what it
1: is <laughs> yeah, the picture. Uh, time for the Raptors to deliberately drop their shot quality to such a standard that allows the Kings to waltz back into the game. Let the games begin. So I was expecting, you know, the Raptors to do what they've done all season long and uh, play great leading up to the last six or so minutes of the game. Um, where everything just uh, falls apart, but they didn't, and they shared the ball, and the starters looked great, and the and the bench was super efficient, and um, I don't know, yes. I was shocked, uh, Oren, that that we only, I mean, Nick Nurse only went eight deep in a game like this where you're on a Western Conference road trip, but yeah, but no, our, let's be positive. Sorry you're first.
0: surprised. Let's be positive cool. first before we criticize uh, the the decisions. Because I speaking of tweets, I was just gonna say. Yeah. Um, I tweeted at the end of this game when Pascal dove on the floor and got a jump ball. Yeah, that
2: was nice. The
0: game was already out of hand. Like it was an 18 point game with like less than two minutes left. But it just kind of showed like, even if the shot selection did falter a little bit, like we're so used to seeing recently, the defense was, you know, they had like, they just kept turning them over even down the stretch, which doesn't really typically happen the way teams play iso ball down the stretch. So, I just thought the defense, too, just the way they were jumping on the ground, the, the mm-hmm. effort they played with today. Like, let's talk about the defense because some of the rotations they were making, just their kind of off ball positioning and stuff, it was just so crisp and it confuses me again. I get that it's a good matchup against the Kings for the Raptors in a lot of ways. Um, but I felt like we saw a lot of good little defensive things that we're just
1: not used to seeing consistently. Yeah. Um I mean when you force the the number 1 ranked offense in the league to 19 turnovers and I'm not even you know I'm going to be totally honest with you guys I think seven or eight of those turnovers came in a span. Sabonis so had believe. nine too. Yeah, it's a, yeah. A career high. And oh, I wow. wouldn't have known that until I forgot who it was. Someone tweeted that he I think it was Blake Murphy tweeted he was trying to go for the uh the double double with mm. points and turnovers. I think single double is what he called it. He didn't get that, either. But... <laughs> Um, he also, and this is, this is, these are the type of little tidbits you get when you watch the other broadcast, um, the Kings, this is, I think Sabonis, he broke a 23 game streak, a double, 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 double streak.
2: streak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Devlin he, talks about that too, pal. Oh, did he really? Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, sometimes <laughs> you get kind of really tired of really it. I love, I love Devlin and I love Armstrong, but then sometimes you just get yeah. tired of the yeah. Homerism. Right. So gotta
2: switch it up sometimes um yeah yeah, big big game for the defense for sure the defense was everywhere and they had their hands on in a lot of the like passing lanes and driving lanes and um I don't know nothing really stood out I was trying to figure out like what I saw Samson tweeted that they you know they do well against like the type of bigs or running teams that run offenses through their types of bigs but it it was curious to me that they just seemed so much tighter um mm-hmm. and 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 sacramento passed the ball really well they, there was a couple of unforced errors so like it wasn't all because of toronto but just generally they were able to kind of stay with stay within their rotation stay within their cycles which is atypical of this team this year it seems that like no matter what something breaks down Whereas you were seeing full possessions, uh, consecutively, where they were kind of maintaining, um, they're maintaining like the mold of of their defense. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what the explanation is for that.
1: Can we talk about? uh, Sorry, Orin, you can go ahead because I feel like you're going to expand on that point a little.
0: Well, I just want to keep talking about the defense. So, yeah, w- w- were you going to say something off that? I wanted no? to.
1: I wanted to mention a, a player in particular. Who I feel like since he's rejoined the Raptors, the Raptors have just looked uh, much, be- much better offensively. Their bench has um, has looked fantastic since Precious Achiuwa has returned. Yeah. You um, mean
0: defensively, right? He,
1: he defensively he's well. looked he, he's looked awesome too. But I mean, Precious is one of those guys. We say it. I mean, all the time. He's one of those guys on on offense where you watch him, you're going on that on a particular possession, you're going, "What the hell is he doing?" And then on defense, it's a big block or it's a big steal or you know it's a great defensive possession versus a guy like Sabonis. So, um, yeah, Precious looked absolutely amazing in a game like this. Other than Siakam, I think bailing out the Raptors with a couple, um, or I should say, a few really, really good offensive possessions where it was just an isolation game at the top. And I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. Uh, The four other Raptors starters, maybe not Gary Trent Jr. because he's been really good the last month or or so. Whenever I see a Raptors player go in complete isolation, especially at the top, and it's not Pascal Siakam, my anxiety starts to raise a little bit. Um, OG Ananobi um, looked great in this game. He didn't score as much as maybe we're used to. But that plus 24 stat is very telling that whenever he was in the game, good things were happening for the Raptors. Um yeah, Precious Achua, I'm just, I'm just happy he's back. He's a, he's a massive part of this team. He's a mm-hmm. guy who's like a quasi-starter. He comes in when the Raptors are missing someone. And when, I mean, everyone's healthy, he's coming off the bench and shows energy. So um, yeah, I just wanted to give Precious Achua a quick little shout out because he played, he played great.
0: No, for sure. He And he's been a big part of, I mean, he was definitely a big part of that defense tonight. Like they were playing him in some drop coverage, which the Raptors don't typically do. And he just looked really comfortable in it. And like you said, primary guy on Sabonis who had nine turnovers. So I think that is a good point. Like Precious has helped the defense and everything is probably a little bit easier for everyone else when Precious is back there because they just he's the only real rim protector on the team. So there's probably a level of trust there that that they have when he's out there. And yeah, like what I was going to say about the defense was just like, I guess uh, to to the point about the Kings being a good matchup, like they don't have a lot of guys, guards who are going to break you down off the dribble. Like yeah. Fox is obviously really quick, but yeah. everyone else of their guards is like a spot up shooter primarily, or a movement shooter or Davion Mitchell, who's like a defender. Um, So that favors the Raptors who don't have a lot of great, quick point of attack defenders. And, and, and so in that way, it is a good matchup Their Their bigs can match up. So bonus size for size, four offensive rebounds only for the Kings tonight. So that was a big thing too that they did was just not give up any offensive rebounds and close possessions. But yeah, like I, I don't have an explanation for it either in terms of the way they were rotating, the way they were trusting each other, the way that, yeah, guys just were making the right reads off the ball every time and with the help and when it was coming, where it was coming from, where the next rotation was. They, they looked like they've been playing like building to this all season. And we just haven't seen it, so it's I, weird. I'm curious if they can build on it, but we'll see.
2: I was gonna say what what Jesse mentioned, which is the way the refs did let them play tonight.
1: Like, yeah, and, and it, sure. it's it's honestly
2: one of the few NBA mm-hmm. games I've watched this year where where I don't actually remember getting mad about the calling in any large. Uh, like swath of calls there's a couple of frustrating ones but it's true like it was a really physical game and we out physicaled Sabonis which I think is another part of this too is that like he's usually the dominant force on the floor uh and the strongest guy and 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 I think that attests to what we're kind of seeing but can't really like put our finger on or measure is that like we we were more physical as a whole as a team and kind of like put our uh put our f- stamp on like on that end of the floor. Right. And, and to your point, Orin of guys, not really attacking, there's not really a lot of strength on this team other than Sabonis. So like being able to outlength them and outstrength strength them mm-hmm. um, but, and like have the refs kind of support that really, like really showed tonight. Yeah,
1: for sure. Mm-hmm. And it also goes back to um, you know, the Raptors playing a full game, from their entire roster. When you go eight deep, you need your bench to uh, produce. And when you only play three guys coming off the bench, like what if I told you guys, I'm looking at the box score now, and this is the first time looking at it after the game. If I told you guys before the game that all five Raptors starters would shoot under 50%. Now, to be to be totally fair to the Raptors, there was guys mm-hmm. just under 50%, right? What nice. if I told you every was- single nice. Raptors starter yeah, would shoot under fifty percent. You would think the Raptors were
2: getting blown out tonight, uh, and here we are. And only about, seven um, free
0: throws as a team. But, but, yeah, but
2: but also twenty nine assists, mm-hmm. which which is a ton. I would be curious mm-hmm. to know what their high is. It's probably up there. Like that's it's another thing for sure. It's another thing about this this team is that so often, like, that it's just one and dones or uh, like. Um, you know, just iso ball kind of stuff. And there was a lot more ball movement and that a lot of that came from Scotty tonight where we can maybe transition to, I don't know, but um, that despite a poor percentage of shooting overall, like our ball movement and passing, I think made up for that in a lot of ways.
0: I think it's been getting better all season, honestly, like it's been something that's, yeah, it's been something that's definitely been improving. Like,
2: but they go back and forth, like they'll have, moments yeah we talked about this before like they'll have moments where either they're doing it and they just kind of go back into the isolation ball or they'll get a lead and or they'll lose a lead and they'll panic and they'll go back into like their comfort zone like i got this and and but tonight you didn't see any like sustained um part of that that's true yeah that's true um
0: I, I just mean like over the course of the season, it does feel like it's trending generally in that way. It's
1: getting better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But there I are agree. definitely way too many games or just stretches of games where it goes into hero ball or ISO ball or yeah. just the wrong guys have the ball in their hands. Uh, yeah. I feel like we're so used yeah. to
1: seeing that the, the Raptors were 29th um, in the league last season in assist per team, assist per game. And this year they sit 24th in the league at 23. So um, whenever you can get a game from the Raptors where they move the ball, um, efficiently to I mean, you can move the ball and get a bunch of turnovers. I feel like the Kings were trying to move the ball all over the place and the ball was being turned over. And one thing the Raptors were not doing in the first half, uh, with those turnovers was scoring the transition defense when the Kings looked pretty damn good. It's the half court where the Raptors were winning. So, um, the Raptors aren't known, at least in the last two, three seasons as a team that, you know, moves the ball incredibly incredibly well as a team um and no. that worked last season i mean they were 48 and 34 in terms of their team record because they had guys like gary Trent jr and pascal siakam who could and fred and fleet for that matter too who in you know they didn't need an action to kind of initiate their offense right a lot of times that, that isolation ball worked for them so um yeah i mean 29 assists is something that you want to see from the raptors and i agree with you with you or that it has been trending in the right direction and i'm I'm excited to see that for the Raptors. Am, am I at the point now, you know, where I'm going to take back what, what I said, Oren, when we both agreed with each other, uh, where we said we gave we gave up on the Raptors? Um, who knows? I mean, I'll flip-flop. I don't mind. I'll Wait, you gave up literally. on them? I'll, I'll you to, gave I'll up
2: on them? Yeah,
0: we both did. How about you? Did you ever give up on them, Hayden?
2: I I was I've been very <laughs> close. Very, very close. Yeah, we really had an episode I, called...
0: Yeah. Orin and Zahll give up on the Raptors. I guess you missed that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, just quickly back to the assist thing. They uh their yeah. their season high, so their their top five assist games were 32, 32, 31, 31, and 30. And they won all five games. Ooh, that's a good stat. Um now data, take pa- that for data. Part of that is like, you know, they probably hit more of the shots that they should have. But um well they tonight, shot 30% that, from three. So I was just I gonna know. say tonight that wasn't the case. They they had well in one of the games, they had nine threes and ten threes, two of the games, dying sends three. So, you know, there's something, and I wanted to write about this last week, and I couldn't really find any correlation like over the course of the season with pass increased passing assists, potential assists, equaling more winning. But if you look at their like their top-top assists. Uh, they're five and zero, oh, so well now six and zero, oh, so or six and one, I guess. But something, something to here's a be noted.
0: here's a related stat. They're twenty four and six or something, or twenty six and four. You can't with data, three. you
2: can't be like and <laughs> or something, or something or okay, what okay. Kind of... Here we go. Yeah, you can. Whatever. No, twenty six and four.
0: It's twenty six and four. Mm. Um, over the last two seasons, when they shoot forty percent or better from three. So there's another little oh, stat yeah. that I think is somewhat related. Um, but it's a really encouraging. I mean, I don't even know if it's encouraging, but it's pretty wild that they won this game by, like, 20. And the Kings shot 40% from three, and the Raptors shot 30%. From. Yeah,
2: because it, yeah. most of it, most of our losses have been because we shoot bricks for the majority of the game.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and, and we did tonight, too, but... They did oh, the won't. offensive rebounding thing really well. They got
2: out in transition really well. They forced turnovers. turnovers. Yeah. We so went, like, yeah. I saw a tweet yeah. that we had like well, we can look here, but I think we had 24 more field goal attempts than they did. Yeah, 20 mm-hmm. yeah, 24.
0: Oh my god.
1: 97 97 total field goal attempts for the Raptors, 73. That's insane. For the Kings. I didn't notice that. 10 less turnovers and Seven
2: more offensive rebounds.
0: That's one way to keep everyone happy on offense is just to get 24 more shots than the other team. You know, (laughs) do you think that's a good point? Everyone's satisfied.
2: Do you think a game like a game like after a game like tonight, OG goes in the locker room? He's like, I still got to get traded,
0: dude. I don't even know what to say about that, but we could talk about trade talk. I wanted to. Um, but like that rumor with the Bob McCowan thing, I just want to say, right after he says a source told me that OG and obi wants out, his coworker said OG definitely has the most value on the Raptors, right? And they agreed that OG has the most value on and then I was just like, Well, I can't trust these guys if they think OG has more valuable than Siakam or Barnes. Like that's that's just not true. That's insane. How how
2: is it possible that someone like Bob McCowan would be more more in touch with the Toronto Raptors franchise than like yeah. you, Oren. Like, well, who's there I, every single goddamn day? No, but I like don't have sources
0: in the front office and stuff. But I will say this: last offseason, I got burned by believing some of these rumors, like from trusted right. sources. And I'm not, I'm not even gonna like put anyone under the bus. But I'm just saying, like, almost everyone got it no, wrong it. in terms of the stuff they were saying yeah, ahead people. of what the burn. Raptors were. We're gonna do it last deadline like everyone that i read who had like rumors saying stuff not necessarily got it wrong but whatever they said didn't happen so it's really i just don't trust like the rumor mill around uh, this I, and especially i think especially when like it comes know, to the like,
1: raptors yeah i feel like i know who you're talking about as well
0: but i'm talking about multiple say, people honestly Not yeah. listen saying, no, write no.
2: them down write down the names i want to know them right we call these right, people guys. reputable
1: and then they burn us um <laughs> Before we get into that, because we will we will talk about OG, because I feel like that is the thing that everyone wants to talk about OG and an Obi. Um, I want to go circle back to something Aiden mentioned uh, just a little while ago about Scotty Barnes, and I think a lot of a lot of the you know <clears throat> increase in ball movement for the Raptors as, as of recent has been because of Scotty Barnes and the and the ability for Nick Nurse to finally realize that hey, Scotty Barnes having the ball in his hand to initiate some of these offensive sets especially in the post. Like I mentioned that in the post, Scottie Barnes always, almost always seems to make the right decision. Um, He waits and he waits and he waits. And a lot of times they do it, the Raptors do it, where when he has a smaller player on him, Kevin Herter was on Scottie Barnes on the right elbow uh, in the fourth quarter, middle of the fourth quarter. And immediately Fred VanVleet found him, relocated to the top of the three. And as soon as Scottie felt that double team coming, somehow from, I think, behind him, uh, Fred VanVleet, was wide open for 3. Uh the Kings were too late. Fred VanVleet hits it. Yeah, I mean Scotty Barnes ten assists. You don't need Scotty's become one of those players where I mean he has been one of those players for quite a while where you don't need him to put up 15 20 points um to look like he he is he making a major impact in the game. He had 7 points tonight. He was a plus 22. He had 10 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals and just a single turnover in 38 minutes. So Um, yeah, Scotty has a lot, I think, to do with the Raptors' efficiency on offense.
2: He was excellent. Uh, like, the I've been advocating forever for Scotty and Gary to lead this bench, and like, it just maybe Scotty wasn't ready for it, but he certainly is. You can see this the dynamics of this team transforms when both Pascal and Freddie are off the floor, right? It's no longer iso ball, it's something completely different. And they, they, they really only need to break even with these units, right? Like, that's all we're, we're really asking for. Um, but they can be so much more, especially as Precious continues to blossom. Gary even has room to operate. And then Scotty's just this fulcrum point at, like, every spot on the floor where he can literally pass to anybody from anywhere to anywhere. Like, some of the passes tonight were insane. He, the one where Boucher, I think, got blocked by Herder was crazy. It was like... Uh, at it was from the top of the three point line at Boucher, kind of above Herder, and then Boucher kind of bobbled it or whatever. But, um, I think they got to run with this, and I think, um, yeah, they got to run with it because I think it's the only way we're going to get these guys under 40 minutes tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, or what did you think about Scotty's game overall? Um, and how maybe the box score doesn't tell the full story because i feel like a lot of people the first thing they do in a rap when the raptors win or lose is they go oh how many points did this guy score how many points did that guy score and they see scotty with seven points but um watching the game you realize he was definitely one of the most important raptors by quite a margin
0: yeah i i still want him to be more aggressive as a scorer like he only took eight shots and scored seven points and he had opportunities to to like he was really looking for his teammates tonight Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what you guys are saying. Um, Yeah, like he's been in a good role recently. There's definitely a balance to find there. I feel like a team like the Kings um, isn't going to be as smart about making Scotty a scorer as good defensive teams are. And like against good defensive teams, he has to be more aggressive and take it to the rim and demand double teams in the post so that there's actually opportunities to pass it out, right? And, like, that's what I've we've seen over this past little stretch is that he has been a lot more aggressive, I yeah. think. Tonight, tonight wasn't a good example of that as a I mean, sport. didn't need to be, you know, like, and I like yeah. that.
2: I, I, I don't like that it sometimes just seems like he's being timid, but I do like that he can change the, like... He almost goes from, like, manual to automatic or whatever, right? Like, for he sure. completely changes the way he operates.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, especially, like, in the second halves,
2: usually. Um But, oh. yeah. I saw Phoenix p- post earlier, but now they paid two bucks. We have to address it ASAP, Rocky.
0: Phoenix, Phoenix please, one, of the,
2: one, of the, has... one of the best okay, well, friends. We'll get to your question. Uh, well, no, but he, he paid to get in front of the front
0: line. We got to address it. All right. Well, yeah. That's a, that's enough on Scotty. Anyways, Phoenix plays Z. Thank you for the donation. He says, you, "Og, Og, I for Dyson Daniels and Trey Murphy and filler, which I assume means picks too." Who says no? Any of you guys? Yeah, like let's let's talk I, about trade. Orleans, we can start with Og, but but yeah. If I'm if I'm New
2: Orleans, absolutely not. Yeah, well, I, there's
0: no like explanation of the picks. Let's say two first round picks.
2: No, not two is too many. I'd say one and then a salary. I think filler is salary filler. Like you need to get to OG's number. So it's like for
1: people for people who don't watch Gary the Pelicans Campbell, often, no. from what
2: I from what I've
1: heard, Dyson Daniels is a is a prospect Monster. that they are extremely happy with.
2: Like yeah. and Trey Murphy they were, would also
0: help the Raptors a ton because he's a six foot nine shooter who
2: actually really shoots threes. I I actually think that this is off topic entirely, but I actually think New Orleans should think about trading Ingram and keeping these young wings. It's kind of like they're all on, like, really small contracts. They all have so much room to Why would they
0: trade Ingram, team. though?
2: Because he, he doesn't really – like, Zion – you saw Zion with Ingram out, and he was completely destroying Yeah, but teams. Zion with Ingram in was also destroying teams yeah.
0: earlier in the season. I just
2: think you can get a, a lot more for him and then keep your depth with all these young guys. But, but hey, I'm a wild GM, man. I'll trade anybody. That in. is wild. <laughs> no one's well, safe. Dude. Well, that reminds
0: me of, like, the people who think the Raptors should trade Siakam. Like that feels like a very similar idea to me.
2: Well, they also have CJ McCollum, which I think is like the like part of this, too, is that I don't know.
0: All right. Well, yeah, let's talk about OG because he was in the rumor mill today. Bob McCowan obviously said that he wants out of Toronto. Um, I think I don't know if he was in the rumor mill for anything else, but people obviously seem to think that he's a likely name to get traded. Oh, Bruce Arthur said. A team had previously offered the Raptors three first round picks for OGN and OB.
2: And Grange um, reported that an insider said they're worth a S load of stuff.
0: Yeah. Grange also reported that there's a chance that Gary Trent Jr. and the Raptors could come to another deal despite everyone thinking that's not really a, a, an option. But yeah, let's start with OG. Um, I guess I'll just say I'm of the opinion that the Raptors need to trade one of these starters. Like one of these five guys has to go reshape the roster, get some young players or picks in and, and side note that lets you move precious into the starting lineup, which I think for the second half of this season should be a big priority given the development route that they kind of need to go here. They're clearly not good enough to win win. And I think a half a season of precious starting at center would help. So I'm of the opinion you got to trade one of the five. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on OG.
2: No, I'm, I'm with
1: reading. You. I'm 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 oh, i with you. Go, go ahead. ahead, Aiden. No, you go. I was going to say no, you go. No. I was going to say um I have gradually this season became more and more open to the idea of trading OG and OB, And that's not necessarily because of of OG himself, but I think just more or less has to do with I want to see a change. Like I want to see um, the Raptors add more young talent to this team. I feel like this team is has everybody right now currently um, in their prime, which isn't a good look for a team that sits 12th right now in the East. Um, but this is the first time in, in, a, in quite a bit where I'm looking at the Raptors roster up and down. I'm saying, other than Scotty and Precious, there's no real young talent worth being excited about on this team. I mean, if you look at the former iterations of the Raptors team, you had Norman Powell, and you had Fred, and you had Pascal, and you had all these young players, um, I wouldn't mind a a trade that, you know, included uh, two pretty good prospects or a very good prospect in a couple first round picks. I wouldn't mind it at all. I think something needs to change. And it's not just OG. I mean, Gary Trent Jr. is one of my favorite. I was so excited when the Raptors first acquired him, um, Duke blue devil salute. Um, but stop it, Aiden, just stop. Let me get through this. Let me get through this. Um, I love Gary Trent Jr. a lot on a personal level for this team. However, you love you love him on a personal level. Absolutely, I mean, yeah, I'm doubling he is, down.
2: He does seem pretty cool.
1: He does, just as well too. Um, where was the I? Love him. <laughs> Sorry, the girls love Gary. Um, I don't blame him. He's a them.
0: handsome guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what I'm trying to say is I'm okay at this point with Gary going. Um, just if the package is right, if Fred's gone, Fred's gone. Like if the package is right, I mean, the Raptors, they do not, I mean, taking away this game right here for the Kings, they do not look great this season. Something has to change for this team. And I think now is the time to maybe open up opportunities for a guy like Oren mentioned, Precious Achua, who's looked fantastic um, this year. I also want to see this team stylistically change a little bit more. I mean, we've been asking for a center for how long. Something needs to change. This team needs more uh, rollers to the rim, guys who could finish at the rim, guys who could protect the rim, um, and young talent. That's that's what I'm all about. Um, you give Masai Ujiri a bunch of first-round picks, and,
2: <laughs> hey,
1: guys, we may be, it may be 2019 uh, before we know it sooner rather than later. No.
2: Okay, we're going to address this, but quickly, I want to give my two cents on OG. I'm going to be writing about this on Friday, so whatever. But I think he's – first of all, the young guys you did miss other than Precious and Scotty, are Gary – who's 23, and OG, who's 25, freshly 25. And I, I just he... want
0: to say for the record, I have not left Banton Island. I'm still there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's fair enough. I think OG is virtually untradeable. Like, unless he actually wants to leave, I don't think there it makes any sense to trade him. And part of the argument I have is if you can literally go down every single team that wants to be in the playoffs this year or that is on the verge, like Oklahoma City, and they need an OG. Like his value is like is or his st- his skill sets are very rare in this league. And I think like he's super young. He's on an excellent contract. There's no reason why we can't resign him and run him along guys like Scotty and Precious, whose development is going at a much faster rate than OG. So it's not like he's that much older. Um, and so I just don't unless he wants out. And Or unless you get a package where it's Dyson, Daniels, and Trey Murphy and two first rounders or something like you can't turn down. I don't think you trade him. I just don't think it makes sense.
0: I'll, I'll play devil's advocate to that argument. But okay. first, let's get to Max Pesemko, who who gave us a nice donation. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Max let's Show all just answer Max. this question sure uh from zero to a hundred how sure are you all that og wants out none of us have any idea is the answer um i will give you i'll rephrase it last week to how much do you guys think og wants out just based on your own brains yeah sure in the so, way i'll say like
2: i think there is a real i'll say 50 50 i don't know I think there's a I I think there's a difference between wanting out and not being happy. Like that, wanting out is very severe. Mm-hmm. But he is a clutch client, and they're renowned for having like pushing buttons and wanting and trying to get guys out. So I would say I'm fifty one percent sure.
1: Okay. This is
2: also the first time in OG's
1: career where he's not winning, other than that that COVID season. So that I feel like has a, a lot to do with it as well. OG's like a he's a perennial winner. He's came into the league, he's been winning. He came on a very good Raptors team and he's been winning since. So I think that has a lot to do with it. His role, of course. Um yeah.
2: I would I, say, I don't believe at, the I'm, rumor. I'm, I'm, I don't really believe the rumor. The thing is, the thing is, is A, OG isn't getting maximized in his position. B, if he were to go where somewhere else and get maximized in position, his value would drop. Like I think he like you see what he's doing out there, he's not capable of higher usage, more isolation. Yes, okay, so this is. Is this, is, this is what so I just can't do this. This is what I want like, to get at. Yeah. I don't blame him for not for being pissed that he's getting looked off all the time. But at the same time, yeah. like if he if he takes on any more of, of an offensive role, like it's he won't it's look good good. It will be ugly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's something that I wanted to get at. Because if this if this rumor that's swirling around um, the Raptors right now is true. And a lot of it has to do with OG's, his, his perceived lack of, of, of a role on this team, or maybe he just wants to expand his game a little more. I think we've, we've gotten to the point now, or at least I have, where I can confidently say that OG, where he is now, Is just about where his ceiling is as a player in terms of efficiency, in terms of his value. This is as good as it's gonna get. And I think that's not a bad thing. Like we're talking about a guy who may possibly fetch three first round picks, or at least that's the asking price. Like that is huge. That is so like his value is enormous around the league, and it's even larger in the Raptors' eyes. So that isn't a diss to OG. Um, I just think you can't you can't expect to just go to a, a a team and just you know, be that 26 or I don't know what he wants to be a 25 yeah. point per game scorer on, on great efficiency. I've, I've watched this guy, I've watched his isolation game all year. I've I've watched his attempts at trying to expand his isolation game. It's, he's I watch marks. it tonight. It's, it's not a great thing to watch. I'm going to be totally honest with you. He's, he's absolutely elite at other facets of the game, but um, for a guy that, you know, hypothetically, if this is true, I just don't, I don't see, how his role can expand and he can be looked at as a better player um, on another team. I just don't. I think where he is now is,
2: is exactly um, where he should be.
1: You know well. what kind of
2: may be going on too long, but what kind of struck me about OG and it was the first time I, like I am one of the biggest OG supporters, I think around, but it struck me tonight that he could be the next Harrison Barnes. Like Harrison Barnes was like, this raw sick athlete coming out of north carolina it's like plays with the warriors he's an incredible gonna prospect yeah, yeah. he's going to grow into being this incredible guy dallas gets him thinking the same thing sacramento gets him thinking the same thing and he's a good player but he never became what everybody guaranteed he was going to become just by virtue of his like growth pattern and what he looked like blah blah, blah. And OG – like, you're right. OG could be that. He could be at his plateau now. But like you said, that's an all-NBA defensive player. Yeah. So, yeah, his, well, his, he's, he's one, one of the one of better, better 2 players Bart. in the league. Like, his, for his, sure, better than Harrison Martin. He's definitely yeah. better. But, yeah. I'm, I, I'm but seeing, I understand like, the analogy. I get sure, it, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I kind of agree that, like, this is not his ceiling ceiling, but, like, this is the type of player he's always going to be. I don't think he'll ever be an on-ball primary creator. I don't think, like, he's shown enough to warrant any confidence in that, really. And he's been given opportunities, especially when guys have been injured. So that's where I'm at with OG. Where I disagree with you, Aiden, about him being an untouchable is, like, this team needs a restructuring to me. I'm not like out on Vision 6-9, but there's a fundamental restructuring that has to happen where rim protection is brought in, shooting is brought in, and and guys that can pressure the rim and, and handle the ball. Like, there are certain things that have to be brought in, and OG is the piece that will command the most on the market, other than Barnes and Siakam, who I just wouldn't trade. True. And so that's why I would considering it, it is, is the Raptors are in a position this trade deadline where it's a seller's market by all accounts. Everyone's in the playing game. Everyone's interested in OG. It just seems like he's the guy who they could drum up a bidding war for True. and reshape the roster, basically. Um, by by like whether or not whether it's a pick space passage or a young player's package, you can then use those picks to get guys who fit your what you're trying to do here and it would be tough to lose og but yeah i i just remembered that like i was listening to pound the rock they had a really good episode uh with trill bro dude who is like a sixers guy funny guy and one of them pitched an og for tyrese maxi deal and that seems a bit dreamy to me as a raptors fan it's like why would they give up maxi for og but maxi's coming off the bench for the sixers and basically I, the sense I got was that the Sixers really want a three and D wing, and that Maxi doesn't entirely fit
2: what they do trade.
0: right now. But really, I, as a Raptors fan, I would do that trade. Like, I, I would not. You don't like Maxi? I just feel like that's what we need. We need a quick guard who can put some pressure on the rim. Um, I just don't like. I much. just
2: don't like small, thin guards who can't play defense. Like, I'm not. I'm not interested.
0: Okay. I would be because yes, your defense takes a real hit, but you you restructure the team. Obviously, you have to trade or trade. I agree, or, or Trent I agree in that with trade. that point.
2: I agree with that point. I just don't think Max. I good. like Maxi
0: a lot, and he's really young, too. and he could get better on defense. He has the size, at least.
1: So, yeah, I do too. Uh, where I stand on that is if we trade OG, I do not want to see him anywhere n- near this division. Look, it was already tough. Enough to watch 76ers games in general, even when they face the Raptors. Yeah, true. Uh, that but if we watch them and they unleash OG on us, and that ends up being yeah. the one guy that can slow down Pascal Siakam in this league, the regret I will have, no matter how good Tyrese Maxey plays for this team, will be immense. Yeah. Especially because I, I feel if the Raptors make a, a magical playoff run and they somehow run yeah. into the 76ers, whether it's this year, or next year, or the year after, and OG's there.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> Lord. <laughs>
1: It,
0: that's so that's kind of how mystery. I feel too. In terms of like, that all makes sense to me, and I think I would really look to do that at the deadline if I'm the Raptors. Again, I would trade at least one of the core guys, but mm-hmm. then I think like, okay, the next championship iteration of the Raptors, like, it, you kind of need an OG. There are ways to get them for cheaper, who are slightly worse, and like, it's possible to get a really good three and D player, but it's not easy. And like, the Raptors would have to fill that hole that's somehow. The thing. And that's, that's a how, tough hole to fill. That's every team needs
2: that. Goal. It doesn't. Whatever the restructuring is, we're immediately going to need an OG. We will, but there are cheaper, worse OGs, and you just kind of hope that it's enough. I I also think like when when we're talking about driving up a bidding war, like that really only leaves a few teams left that like that ge- that genuinely could offer what we're talking about, which is like the Pels. The Grizzlies and like I'm I'm probably missing one or two more, like Portland, depending on how much they want to give over. But you know, like the other competing teams don't have that much, like Denver doesn't really have much to give for OG, no, Lakers. There's don't. a lot but if you don't. get
0: creative. If you get creative just like the Maxi example, like I've I've also thought about like uh Denver, if they're scared of Porter Juniors uh History of medical injuries. Oh yeah, well if they're willing to it. Would they Ford, be G- interested? Yeah, in getting off his Cy contract, would like die for Porter. I feel like I think there's a lot of teams that would get in on the OG sweepstakes, even if they don't have Ooh. all their picks. <sighs> Denver on OG
1: right. would look. I mean, sorry, OG with, on Den- with Denver with Aaron Gordon. I also think yeah. Gary makes wow.
0: sense for Denver,
2: if not OG. KCP um, is insulted by that.
0: It would more I'd be the in, guy- the, in the Porter spot.
2: I agree with you with the restructuring and the only guy I I really feel like I'm ready to move on with is Freddie. Oh, I thought you were going to say Gary. (laughs) Can we, can we get to this at some point? This is another
0: rumor that was been going on. Um, But you make your Freddie point first and then we can get to
2: Gary. Freddie's a really good player. I'm really nervous to sign like based on what we've seen over the last year i'd say mileage seems to be something that is like growing and i could be wrong and there could be something nagging that'll go away but it feels like mileage is starting to build with him and i don't really want to like sign him to a max for another 4 years worried that he's going to burn out in the next 2 or 3 um i also feel like when i'm watching him play even though he's fantastic at times it does, his game does feel more dissonant to the rest of the Raptors than most anybody else. Even Gary, now, like I feel like Gary has fit more into our offensive scheme, even though our offensive scheme kind of well, actually, our offense has been pretty good lately, more so than Gary or more so than Freddie. And uh, so, yeah, I just I think like now would be the time we could drive up a, a mini bidding war for Freddie. Uh, I think there's enough desire out there for a dependable shooting. Def- like somewhat good defending point guard, and um, yeah, so Fred's I been think playing, he's been playing great recently, uh,
1: Aiden. Yeah. Which which may help your point even more, may drive up his price a little bit more. I'm I'm personally okay with Fred. I mean, like I said, I'm on the fence with with both f- with Fred, Gary, and OG. If the price mm-hmm, is right, right and you're getting a haul for any three of those guys, I mean, move move them. Fred and the sure
0: last. That's kind of how I feel, Do you trade all three? No, no. He's saying no, no, whoever no. fetches the best deal. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, oh. And it, Fred in the but last OG's five games. fetch the best, no?
1: Like relative, relative deal. Do you guys think that maybe Fred is starting to reach a point this season? Because I was going to mention the last five games, he's at 28 points, 6.6 assists, four rebounds, two steals, a block. But I think the most um, encouraging part is that he's shooting 48% from the field and 44% from three. Um, do you think Fred maybe is starting to turn the corner where you feel a little better than you would some of the other core guys?
0: Yeah, okay. Like, for Fred, it's really hard for me to distill what's injury-related and what yeah. was just a bad start to the season. But my thing is this. Like, I, again, I would probably trade whoever gets you the best deal. Like, if if Gary tells you... I'm willing cuz a lot of my analysis has been based on the idea that Fred is more likely to re-sign in Toronto and you can't risk losing any of those guys for nothing but if Gary indicates that he's willing to sign a long-term deal Fred is probably the guy who I would rather get rid of like in the in the yeah, next yeah. 5 years All whose contract would I rather yeah. have yeah it's Gary's however I'll say this like I would be scared to be the team that gives up on Fred Van Vliet. Because, yes, he's he's dealt with these injuries and stuff. But every single year of his career, he's come back and been better. Yeah. This year, even though the shot isn't going down, he's better than ever in two-point range. He's better than ever at the rim. Which is still not good. Which is still not good, but he's still getting better every year. And it's like, yeah. do you want to give up on this guy? who? And then the three-point shot comes back, which I have faith that it will. And, and now, like... I mean, it yeah, already is. Yeah, he's a really Come good here. player again. Um, it's tough. It, it's really tough but, for me. And the defense is the even bigger thing. It's like, is his foot speed ever going to get back to where it was at one point in time? Um, because if not, I just don't know if he can be like a lead guard. a I think starting the,
2: guy. The difference between a guy like Gary or Freddie is philosophically which direction you think this team should be going. <clears throat> like to your point, should the team be restructuring or should the team be like building on what it already has and just trying to incrementally get better because the former is you trade Freddie or OG and you really kind of reshuffle who's this, like the central focus of this team or you keep the core and you trade Gary and you hope to turn that into a couple of pieces or like younger guys that, that have like longer contracts. Like I think they really are ideologically different questions
0: Yeah. It's not just about what what fetches
2: you the best, is all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Fred would trading Fred would change the team more than trading Gary would. Um and I guess that's what the fear is. It's like, would a big change yeah, would it change in the right way or the wrong way? Like Gary is an easier sell in a lot of ways because not that much is gonna change. I guess precious, about, the really, start. really quick, Freddie, guys.
2: Before go oh, ahead, gonna drop a trade. Oh, no, do it. What, I love hypothetical. What about no, Freddy for Chris Paul and stuff?
0: I don't understand that one entirely. I don't want, I don't want to know. I don't want because aren't we care. trying to get younger?
2: Well, you the, you hope the stuff is like picks or like, yeah, but I the don't Chris know, Paul, like Paul Cam is, Cam is it's Cameron t- Johnson, it's probably too much money. I don't know. I just think it's like you keep you salvage this season, you get off the money quicker or like eventually still. Right. He only has one no, more year.
0: Someone asked me that they said Chris Paul in a first round pick. And I was like, no, that makes no sense. And then I was home thinking about it. and I was like, ooh, they might be pretty good with Chris Paul. <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah. i probably I would want to get more picks and young players because, yeah, this year there's real incentive to this year to tank. Like, let's be honest to move down a few spots so i don't know if i care as much about getting good this year as i do next year and the and the year after yeah see
2: i don't want to stop competing this year so that's why like the chris paul makes sense for that yeah assuming you can get some other value with it
0: yeah i'm sentimental honestly with fred like me too like that and and I'm just scared of all the leadership stuff that he does and the intangibles that he has trading him and just getting younger. I'm just like, ooh, this could go in the bad place. I know. Uh, but logically, he does make a lot of sense, more sense than Gary to trade.
1: Um, are you guys against or for, really quickly, are you guys against or for trading two of those three core guys who have been mentioned most in trades in Fred, Gary, and OG? Would you guys ever trade both during the same deadline, or during yeah. the same season? Yeah, I'm open to do.
0: Or does that change too much? No, I'm open for big change. Big change is needed.
2: I okay. I would prefer to hold on to OG and let the other two go if we're talking about trading too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get enough. into some of the comments because once we once we initiate talks like this, we get tons. As of long as we don't us, trade offers, all that stuff.
2: As um, as don't I know you.
1: You highlighted this one, Orin. so I'll highlight it for you because um, he's – he's. I just don't understand ex- the idea of trading Pascal Siakam even. It doesn't like, – to I me, it doesn't – even – you know when people say – like there's another comment in there I think from Lester who said it would take a Gobert package to move Pascal. Like I, like, I might be crazy, but I'm not moving Pascal for anything that doesn't involve like a top – a player better than him in the league. You know yeah, what I mean? Like we're talking a top too, 10 like, NBA player. Like if you're not There's talking about no it's just not, no. the down, people, like people
0: the people who say to trade which, siakam are the people who have no patience and are like, I'm ready to fully embrace the tank. Even though the Raptors were good last year. Like the people who, who think trade siakam are really like tank culture people. People and who just, want to tank
2: just buy like
0: shitty crypto coins. Exactly. It's the same brain. It's the same <laughs> brain. Tank brain is crypto brain. It's also like um it's just like how, do you, how do you watch
1: Pascal's entire season and even like for me he shouldn't even be mentioned in hypothetical trades um or any sort of hypothetical where it's like what would you do if this team approached you with this like I'm I, like, I'm I'm sta- I'm set on the fact that I'm not trading Pascal Siakam until, unless the Raptors are getting a player that is objectively better than Pascal back in the
2: trade which is not oh, going to you- happen If you're trading, see, that's the answer I have. If you're trading Pascal, if you're trading Pascal, trade the entire starting lineup except for Scotty. Exactly. It's just you're building around
0: Scotty and you're getting super young.
2: Yeah.
0: And Gary. But, like, yeah, that's what people actually think they should do. But those people are like, I'm like, are you going to be the one watching games for the next two seasons when they're one of the worst teams in the league? Or are you just going to come back three years later and be like, see, I told you they should tank. We have to watch these games, all right.
1: <laughs> we can't go away for a few years and just watch. The we're drops. talking like a bona fide All NBA second team player, like bona fide top fifteen. Who's still getting league. better? Who's yeah. getting better? Who's shown signs of improvement every single year? Like we're talking drastic
2: improvement and, too. And um, that's another reason why I don't love the fit with Freddie. Is I don't. I do think that like he draws away from Pascal's op optimal performance and I think taking Freddie away gives Pascal more space to operate, which I think is a good thing.
0: I don't know if I agree with that. I think Pascal has a good two-man game with Fred.
2: They're and They're getting David better. It. They are getting better because with the pick and roll and stuff like they're that. They're both but. really good shooters, so it, it
0: gives Siakam room. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where I was going with that. Um,
2: what what time. were you talking
0: about? Yeah, two trades, two trades is a lot. Should we, just, should we run this all
2: night? Should we just do a marathon?
0: Until the trade until deadline. Marathon? By the way, guys, we <laughs> should do a live trade deadline podcast. You're doing this Absolutely. live
2: show. It's like super live bias. Like, In fact, we should stay live until the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah no, but for saying.
0: our viewers, we're going to be live right at two to three on the trade deadline. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's Probably like two fun. to five realistically. Yeah, that's okay. gonna be fun
1: for sure. Let's
2: let's wrap let's, up. We're wrap gonna we're up. gonna
1: wrap it up here wrap um, it up. before you guys leave us tonight. Before you press X on that tab, we tax need man. you to like the video. Uh, we need you to also subscribe. My tax man. I'm gonna say it really quick. It's Precious Sachua, Oren, and Aiden. You guys could reveal who your tax man is. Um, I'll give it but to I'm gonna go with
2: Siakam Shout out to Chris Boucher's two massive blocks. Yeah, mm. Chris Boucher deserves it too. That's great. A that's night. a great three.
0: All right.
1: Our three stars of the night. Thank you guys so much for watching. We really appreciate you joining us on the super, super, super late edition of Wrap Up Live. Like. If you haven't commented, comment. Give us all your trade thoughts and subscribe. Um, this live show was produced by all three of us. And your Raptors tonight defeated the Sacramento Kings, the very good Sacramento Kings, 113 to 95, bringing the Raptors record to 21 and 27 on the NBA season. That was it for myself. Warren Weisfeld, Adam Moss. Golden State on Friday. Yeah, Golden State. Friday, another 10 p.m. or guys, so you'll see us at one in the morning (laughs) again. Enjoy, have a great night, and uh, sleep well.